0: Alison, good morning, how are you?
1: Oh hi Chandra, I'm great, thank you for having me. I'm very
0: uh, excited actually to have you here as a guest on this podcast interview series because I am excited to hear about more of your story about what you're doing now and how that came to be and to be able to share some of your experience with people who are perhaps in a, a situation where they're considering what the next career change for them is going to be because a lot of people, especially women, I think, get to a point where they perhaps have been really successful in something that they have been doing for work and it might have been something that they really enjoyed for a while but for whatever reason they get to a point and it's just not working for them anymore but they feel a little bit trapped and a lot of people I know say to themselves, oh, it's too late for me now, I'm too old now. And there's mm-hmm. lots of uh, stories, I guess, that people can tell themselves. So I'm really excited about sharing different stories of how people just like you have made these sort of significant changes so that people can get some ideas for themselves um, of how they might be able to approach a change. So I'm, I only know little bits about your story and I'm excited about finding out more. So maybe what we can do as a starting point is that you could just share with us what is it that you... Do now. How do you explain what it is that you do for work? Um, well, what I do,
1: I'm the CEO of Vedotto Group and Push Business Training and Mentoring. So that's that's the first, most concise way I would answer somebody. Um, I'm a business strategist, and so I work with business owners to help them to actually get clarity around what they're doing and to build strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I run our business. We have two arms to the business. One is in the mining and resources industry and one is working with small business owners, which I'm very, very passionate about, and that's Bush.
0: Yeah, wow. And so that sounds like there's kind of two two pieces of the puzzle mainly that that you're doing. And and so do you bounce between the two or how do you balance those two very busy-sounding
1: roles? Uh, yes, I must say, I you know, I'm a great believer in, you know, that there is no real balance. You know, there's no work-life balance, there's hasn't been for me for a very long time but I do believe in a work joy balance oh nice you know so as long as there's plenty of joy we have family dinners that's full of work and we'll sit in the office and talk babies or whatever's happening but there's always you know so the joy finds its way in and with the The businesses, it's, you know, I run, I'm a great believer in strategy. Mm -hmm. And that would be the, you know, the key advice that I give to business owners. So I very much look at the strategy of both businesses and what we need to do. So it sort of tells me what I need to do. Right. You know what I mean? So by having that bigger picture, I can see where my attention needs to be.
0: Yeah, great. And so that's what you're doing now. But what did you used to do before you became the CEO or became uh, yes. started launching
1: push? Um, well, before that, I was training. Training is my passion. You know, that's what I really love to do. So I work for very big organisations like TAFE um education and very large international schools. Yeah. And I trained adults for many years. Right. And I trained from the sciences, anatomy, physiology, nutrition for a long time and um even like morticians. Oh. And I know that was interesting. And, um, and I trained international students postgraduate in English grammar and all that sort of thing. So I had trained adults for a long time and I loved it. But we, my husband and I set up our business many, many years ago and we basically both worked as consultants. So he was an engineer, I was a teacher trainer. And then in 2010... Uh, the mining and resources side of our business had absolutely explosive growth. Wow. wow. So I had to quit my job that I really loved to actually run the business because I knew, um, you know, doing the books at of an evening and weekend was not going to cut it at all. And, you know, uh, a lot of there were things sort of, you know, crises were coming up. And then a week after we refurbed all the office and everything for it in Brisbane, um, we were right across the road from the Brisbane River and the floods hit. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So it was more than a metre underwater. Um, And so I I took time off my job to deal with all of that. and, And it very quickly became apparent Um, you know, that I needed to um, run this full time. You know, we had, we were hiring more and more people. We had lots of contractors. Um, I was running a charity that I'd founded in Vietnam. And so I just consolidated everything. And I quit my job and then I took over this business and I went from, you know, teaching, which is communicative and, you know, it's sort of engaging and, you know, things like that. We really communicate well with each other. And from there I went to the mining and resources, um, which was just, you know, a whole different planet altogether.
0: I was just <laughs> going to say it seems like you literally went from one
1: world to a different planet. It, it, it was It was an absolute twilight zone experience. I went from, you know, where people were focused on, you know, how your message was being perceived and I'd studied emotional intelligence and, you know, neuroleadership and all that sort of thing and suddenly I was in a world where people gave one-word answers, if that.
0: Oh, my Lord. You know?
1: <laughs> so that, that was a steep learning curve and like I said, it was just explosive, this growth and there were these huge projects, you know, for hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and so, you know, I chuckled a bit when you said earlier about some people feel you're too old. Well, I, I think I turned um, – I was coming up towards my 50th, mm-hmm. maybe 48th, and I, I thought, okay, I had been studying a Master's in Applied Linguistics for my ESL work, and then I thought, okay, I need to be better equipped for this. So I went and studied an MBA. Oh, as you do in all your spare time yes well I knew that uh, I felt um, you know I needed to be better equipped to deal with you know what I was dealing with
0: yes because that was going to be one of my next questions was around you know yes I guess there's that surface level contrast between the type of work you were doing the type of people you were interacting with and I guess the way of you contributing and delivering value through your work into a very different kind of role and industry. And often, you know, women uh, really downplay their skill set and question their ability to do things, even though they they probably could do them. But what was going on for you around that that headspace of kind of going, you know, this explosive growth, these massive projects, massive budgets, how did you approach that?
1: Well, my imposter syndrome was off the charts, right? <laughs> as you can imagine, um, and and of course, you know, I'm dealing with, you know, very conservative, middle aged and up male engineers, who are looking at this blonde mother of six. You know, he, he runs a charity and I'm fairly softly spoken and I was sort of, okay, I need to be better equipped to deal with this. Yeah. So I set about, you know, equipping myself very quickly. Yeah. And uh, and the the MBA was very, very good for that <laughs> um, hmm. because it, it gave me a way to understand the strategic approach of running big projects and, you know, building a team I'd studied leadership and I taught leadership and I'd studied I don't know if I was I was studying neuro leadership and I think I was doing that at that point or just after with the neuro leadership um, institute in New York I did that after the MBA Mm -hmm. so I really uh, you know I made sure that I had the the qualifications yes which is one of the best antidotes, you know, to imposter syndrome.
0: Yeah, nice. I like that approach. And, look, it's, it's one of those things that it will vary for different people, I imagine, in t- depending on, you know, what the oh, transition is that they're going to go into. Of but, course. But there's almost always going to be... Uh, learning opportunities training opportunities and it doesn't always have to be that someone has to go back to uni and do a full degree not everyone necessarily has to do an MBA but it's about being open to uh, what are those additional training tools that are going to help you and I love the fact that you've linked that the the, the qualification the training uh, gives you a little bit more of an
1: antidote around the imposter syndrome I haven't looked at it that way before and and the thing is and i i do believe that that is one of the real keys to to actually silencing the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. that you know that inner critic because when we're saying i'm not good enough and you can look and go well actually i am you know who would i hire and what skills would they have oh i have each of them yes
0: yeah that's a nice yeah. way of looking at it too, like, you know, who, who would I hire, What would I look for in them as a way of separating out from just that,
1: that inner critic voice that does is, is very good at, at keeping you small?: um, Yes. And one of the best things I ever heard or read years ago was that you are not your inner critic, you are the person listening. Oh, that's a nice one. It's very good, isn't it? Just giving
0: you that little bit of distance between sort of collapsing right. into the inner voice and being more of that observer of it.
1: Yes. Ooh. So it's not, that inner critic is not an a self-belief. You know, it's just words on autodial, you know. Yes. So that really helped me because I thought, well, hold on a minute, you know, because I can hear that inner critic does not mean, It's right. Yes, I love it. Great little nugget from you, Alison, already. You're very, very welcome. And
0: help me. I'm happy to help. Yeah, great. And so uh, your situation perhaps is different from from some people in that the reason for the change wasn't that you were unhappy or unfulfilled in the work that you were doing. It was more out of, uh, I guess, a perceived necessity of you stepping in to take over that that uh the running of um vidotto but uh, did you consider hiring someone to do that role and you staying or was it you were being pulled in that
1: direction anyway i I was definitely it's a family business so Mm -hmm. you know it was sort of um almost a bit of an intervention you know look you need to take over the business right because others could see, you know, what was going on. But the interesting challenge for me as a, you know, mature woman was to actually find the job satisfaction and, and, you know, that passion and enthusiasm, you know, when it wasn't there for me. I didn't want to be in the mining and resources industry. I don't get excited about that. Yeah. You know, so to find that, you know, I wanted something that was going to feed my soul, mm. and um, and you know that wasn't it. But this business was vital to my, you know, it's a family business. We had, you know, we had a team, and and so it was in, it was very interesting to me how I could, you know, shift things, yeah, so yeah. that I could love it, yeah, and so interesting. It really is. And I, I I, truly believe that, you know, we don't ever really love, this is only my belief, but I don't think we ever really love a career like we do a business. Oh, tell me more about that. What, what well, do you think I, is the difference? I think that there's so much hinging on your business. Yeah. See, I, you know, like, like I said, I'm a mother of six and, you know, I've worked – you know, part-time and different things as my children grew. So I've always worked and studied. And when I did the MBA, I found out, and it was just part of an assignment, and I read these stats that, you know, 50% of businesses go under in three years. Yeah. And that goes up to 70%, and those figures are conservative. Well, I honestly, I lost sleep over that, and all I could think was, their families, you mm-hmm. know, they're people who've poured their heart and soul into their business. Surely that's not right. So I, I'm a bit of a fact finder, you know. So yeah. I dug into that more and more, and um, and sure enough, that's the case. Well, from there, push was born. So right. that's why I do business training and mentoring, because I honestly believe that we need to change those statistics. Yeah and and i find that when i'm working with small business owners and i see that tide turning for them that excites me in a way i never had that working for large organizations yeah. even when we you know we'd hit our targets or you know we'd have great classes and i was involved in you know curriculum development at one stage and i i just think you know that whole this is part of our family our business is very much part of who we are like I said there is no we don't even aim for work-life balance (laughs) but joy but we travel you know my husband and I both love to travel yeah and um you know we spend time with family and things like that so we've just come back from Japan one of our sons and His lovely wife had a baby, so we headed over there and we were sitting there each morning working away and and then we'd go out, walk about and cuddle a baby and go out for dinner and, you know, so the joy is very much there. But the whole time it's what's happening with the business and what's happening with that. Yes. My my history is
0: I would definitely uh, have categorised myself as as someone who has always loved working and was, you, you know, I... Sometimes joke that I'm a, a not very successful recovering workaholic. In in that I'm trying not to, you know. So I f- I feel like you know I have loved and really thrown myself into the roles that I've um, had as an employee in the past. But there is something different when it's your yeah. own business, and I think it's something that can be a little diffi- difficult potentially to qualify. But what about your thoughts for people that potentially go, oh, you know, it's – and I don't know if this is quite right to say, but, you know, it's, it's kind of trendy at the moment, particularly for women to say, you know what, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start my own thing. It's so easy to start your own business now, nowadays. What do you think about I, the consideration of
1: people can, well, you're, I, going into I, business? I, I would say you're right. It is very, very easy to start a business these days. It's also very easy to go under in a business these days. Yeah. And, you know, so I believe that by all means start a business and if you're really miserable and you've had this burning idea and this burning passion, then do it but plan for it. Yes, Yep. Absolutely plan for it. And there are so many ways that you can do that. Um, you know, Michael Gerber's book, The E Myth. Yes, I do. Uh, you know, I'm sort of read that first. Yep. Read that very first. And then Simon Sinek, start with the why. Why do you want to do that? What would your purpose be? Yep. You know, to have that. But, you know, age seriously is no barrier. Yep. You know, unless it was, you know, doing marathons through the desert, age doesn't come into it for me.
0: Yeah. So you you addressed a couple of challenges that came up with the different type of industry that you went into and the imposter syndrome. Were there any other kind of hurdles or
1: challenges that you came across in transitioning? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well what I don't even know that it was transition but um so we had this explosive growth yep. which was incredibly challenging in a very, very different industry. You know, we were working all hours, God sends, we you know, we couldn't find enough people to fill the projects. It it was really full on and yep. it was very successful. And then the mining industry went bust. Yeah. And we lost eighty percent of our contracts within a matter of weeks, Wow, yeah, it was devastating, and the others weren't terribly far behind and um and we knew a lot of people who lost everything who completely went under. you know it was it was awful and and we struggled desperately it's two, three years. Mm-hmm. And um, and then we actually had the conversation of, you know, we might need to close the doors. Right. You know, it was everything that I had learned that I was actually able to put into place to turn that ship around. And that's why I say, you know, it's really important to, to have the skills you need to run a business. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so what I did, I actually put push on hold mm-hmm. and I spent months and months pulling my business apart and then looking at the six key areas that I knew that had to work well yeah. and strategically rebuilding them. So I basically built this new model and I knew that my business had to function well in each of those six parts because too often people say, you know, it's all about marketing, it's all about leads. Well, if you've got leads coming in the door but you don't have systems to follow up and your finances aren't in place so that you know your cash flow cycle, you know, the problems can come from other areas. Yes. So I, I identified, I managed to narrow it down to six key areas and honestly I lived and breathed it. Yeah. And that's why I say, you know, I I get it when people say, oh, it's like another child. Yes. Your attachment is just so huge to it. You know, I just lived and breathed it. And I managed to turn it around from absolutely categorically sinking to up to seven figures. Wow. And it was all using those, you know, the strategies. Because I believe that, you know, we must have those strategic plans, you know, you hear people say you work on your business or you work in your business. Mm-hmm. It, it's so vitally important. Yes.
0: You know? And you know what? I mean, there's so many things that are amazing about that. And congratulations to you for, you know, really, I guess, doubling down and drawing on the experience that you you did have to be able to look at your business as, as much as you could through fresh eyes to reinvent it really. Thank you. Um, I think well, that's amazing testament to you. One of the things that often people uh, when they're considering, you know, going out and starting something new uh, is that they worry about, you know, where will the clients come from? Whereas you you didn't have that issue at the front end because you were tackling, you know, explosive growth. There was more work than you knew what to do with. Yes. But then it flips and then it's suddenly, I, you know, it you're it in, the, in the crash and then you've had to rebuild it. Yes. Um, when you look at those two situations, uh, what do you think are the different challenges? Because they're both challenging.
1: There was nothing as challenging as thinking you're going under yeah. and you've got all these bills coming in and no income to pay them. Yeah. Um, you know, that was like a near-death experience compared to, you know, the explosive growth. It was more about um, not having the skills. You know, I didn't feel well enough equipped to deal with the HR and the hiring and the firing and the insurances and, you know, the taxes and and it was just, you know, placing contractors and their accommodation and, you know, there were all sorts of cogs to go in those wheels. Yes. Whereas when the business was going under, it was our livelihood. You know, it was people that we deeply cared about that worked for us and, 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 you know, the irony that I had started PUSH because I wanted to change the statistics of small business failure and now I'm looking down the barrel of it. Yes. You know, I was sort of, <laughs> I'm not going to be a statistic. I'm not going to be a statistic. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was a very, very um, different, whereas it, for me, when I look back, it feels like the explosive growth was all about equipping myself with the right skills. Yes. Whereas the economic downturn was all about survival. Right. The strategic survival of my business. Yes.
0: And it's so interesting, isn't it? And I think you, you speak really well about those two uh, very different types of challenges. And I think often people, when they're starting their business, they really want, let's say they're launching a new offer or a product to their market, and they really want it to go crazy gangbusters good straight away Mm. when actually that's not necessarily what you really want because as you've said if you don't have the capacity you don't have the back end in place in terms of the systems to be able to service all of those clients
1: Mm. then actually that could be a disaster and it often is yes you know when you look at the business life cycle you know you they go through this whole growth phase and then they hit the moment of truth And they go one of two ways. They go into the next cycle at the next level or they go into decline. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes people get to that moment and they haven't recognised the problems and the cracks that are appearing in the foundation. Because, of course, when you've got explosive growth right at the beginning, you get caught up in selling and talking to customers and, you know, paying bills. And it's, it's all this almost crisis management, yes. you know, you're dealing with what's in front of you, mm-hmm. whereas when you're growing steady, you're putting down a really solid foundation. Yeah. And, of course, the stronger the foundation, the taller the building we can put on it. Yeah. Yes. You know, so, it, you know, if you are experiencing um, explosive growth, it's so vital that you get somebody in that's helping you to set up that really strong you know, strategic foundation in all the key areas mm. of the business.
0: And that, that leads us into a, a question that I think is uh, really important for people to consider is what support did you have in when you went into running the business and what support did you have to seek out?
1: Um, well, you know, I'm very, very blessed because I, you know, I have a large family. Mm-hmm. So, um, at different times, all of our children have worked with us. Yeah. And of course, they've brought very different skills to the table. And they've been amazing because that, you know, it's fresh eyes and they could see things. Um, you know, one of the first things we did was we got a great accountant involved. Mm-hmm. You know not understanding you know all of the finances can get you into a whole lot of trouble yeah and uh, and i I got some really good admin staff mm-hmm. and um you know that that's really important and I've always had really good mentors yeah and I am both a mentor and a mentee anybody going into business find a good mentor and there's lots of them out there yeah. You know, but find somebody and somebody who cares about you enough to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. even when it's not what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely one of the the best best things that I did was to to get a really good, a good mentor. So I had two mentors, um, you know, right from the beginning that I would turn to, and I had a really good team.
0: Yeah. So on the, on the mentor question, because I guess if if uh, you know we put ourselves in the shoes of someone who's listening, who perhaps is is in, still employed and they're considering this transition, and and maybe they don't have they haven't had experience working with a coach or a, or a mentor. What do you actually mean by that? How how does somebody work with a with a mentor? Just to clarify that well, for people, you,
1: you can get. Um... You know, you can have a mentor who's somebody you know who kindly gives you some of their time or Mm -hmm. you can have a mentor who you pay for their services. Yep. And, you know, I've had a paid mentor for a long, long time. And, you know, one of the things that I always say to people, actually get a mentor or a business coach who's running a business Mm. that you can bounce ideas off is really is vital – that understands business because we all have people who care about us and lovers, but they don't understand about running a business.
0: Yeah, so I guess it's that whole element of, you know, just being mindful and a little savvy about who are you taking um, advice from or who, who are you yes. um, listening to. You know, I've got yes. lots of friends that are quite vocal in talking to me about their property advice. Uh, but they don't own any property yes and so exactly. I always yes. have a little chuckle with things like that and, and of course they're so entitled to their opinion but it's yes. very different when compared to talking with someone who has an entire property portfolio yes. and and so I guess it's that um oh. I guess an element of buyer beware that there's lots of coaches there's lots of people that will Shiny. say yes I'm a mentor but to yes. really be a, a little um discerning around oh, I always yes. try to look at it and go who has already created what I yes. might one day
1: want to have. Exactly. And who's, you know, if you're running a business, you know, and, and um, as you've just said, you know, really consider that source. Mm. Who is this person? Have they built a business? Are they running a team? Yes. You know, are they facing the challenges? Are they paying rent? All of those things that I'm going to deal with, You know, or is it a one-man band that's going to tell you what to do? Yes. So, yes, definitely. Um, And and figuring out exactly that and who's the right person
0: for, I think if you go back to your suggestion of reading the e-myth first, then Simon's thinking start with why, that I think it's really important that people start to create at least a bit of a vision of what the sort of business is that they're wanting to create. Because for some people, and there's a huge spectrum, for some people they will have an idea and it's about you know global domination and and you know really building a, a really significant business. And for others, you know, it may be the total other end of the spectrum that they they just want to be earning enough that they can replace yeah. their salary, and it's a gives them a bit of flexibility. And and they are two very different ends of the spectrum. And there's no right or wrong. It's only about working out for you what is this vision of the the business you're looking for, what does it look like and how do you get the right sort of support because I've seen on both sides some people that are small they just want to be a solopreneur and create a really nice business about something that they're passionate about but they overspend on software or tools or yes. or support that is it's like buying a ferrari yes. instead of a toyota they just don't need the ferrari you know yes. but at the other end there are people that actually they want to create and they have these big businesses but they're scrimping on yes. buying something that's that's you know it's it's not what they need it doesn't have enough of the um the elements or the functionality so I think people just really need to be kind of looking at uh, where they're at and where they want to go to and what are the appropriate levels of support whether that's people tools software whatever to help them get where they want to go
1: yes absolutely and look do the research Mm. you know actually do a SWOT analysis do some competitor analysis who else is out there doing what you'd like to do yes you know and and how are they doing it yeah you know, so you start to get a really clear picture of exactly what you want to do. Yes, yeah. And go for it.
0: What do you think is the best elements or what are you enjoying the most about what you're doing now? Oh, I, I must say I
1: love what I do now. Yeah. Like I really, really love what I do. Um, you know, I, I want to make a difference. Those small business failure statistics, um. You know, I really want to see them change. Mm -hmm. I love working with passionate small business owners. Um, So, yeah, I really do love it. I love working with other business owners, I guess would be that the number one, Mm -hmm. you know, and that moment where they look at you and go, oh, that's going to make my life so much easier. (laughs) That's a great day for me. Yeah. You know, that's a really good day. So, like I said, I just love it. Fantastic. You know? I could do it all day, every day. And so and you... I do. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you genuinely love it.
0: Uh, and so for someone who's listening, what would sort of be a bit of an overview of, of the type of client that you work with? What sort of either business are they in or is it a
1: certain size business? Generally speaking, I work with women between the age of 40 and 60. They've been in business a couple of years they're working hard. They're working long hours. They're doing okay, in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. Um, but, they're you know, they should be doing so much better for yeah. the amount yeah. of work they're putting in. Uh, they'd love it streamlined. They'd love to be able to travel and everything ticks over nicely. Um, they'd really like to get things sort of automated and They'd maybe like to create a course and expand that way and share the knowledge that they have.
0: So, if someone's listening and they think, oh, that sounds like me or someone that I know, what's the best way for those people to connect with you or find out more about what you're
1: doing? Well, they can find um, PUSH, P U S H, Mm -hmm. it's from the Daughter Success says PUSH. Um, and, you know, I'm on Facebook, Alison Vedotto mm-hmm. with one L, and just Vedotto is just as it's spelled. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, Twitter, all of them. All of those channels. Yes, YouTube. I'm on YouTube too. <laughs> yeah. so there's, I've got lots of videos on YouTube too, business tips, so that might be helpful for you. Yeah, fantastic. All right, we'll make sure we include some of those uh, links
0: in the show notes as well to make that easy for people to just click and find you. As we finish up, Alison, do you have any other, you know, I guess, final thoughts or, or tips that you think would be useful for someone who perhaps is in that situation of they're currently working, they've got an idea uh, for their own business or to, to make it a, a change in a totally
1: new direction do you have any thoughts or tips to leave them with? Well, I honestly, I think if you're thinking that way, do it. You know, we're, we're meant to enjoy our work. Yeah. The, you know, the portion of our life that is spent at work, we're meant to get great satisfaction. Find your joy. You know, we all have that work-joy balance. You know if that's out of whack and if there's not enough joy in what you're doing then go find it. And yeah. if that's in your own business, plan, prepare and do it. Yeah. Do
0: it. Good words to finish on, I think, Alison. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing so openly about your story and your experiences, the highs and the lows, I guess. Yes. Uh, and I, I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm very I'm passionate about sharing as many stories as I can of the different ways that women have made these sort of significant changes to create a work life that they really love, uh, to encourage more people to to do that. Because exactly as you've just said, I'm a big believer as well that, you know, we do invest so much of our time on this planet uh, at work that it's important that it's something that you actually enjoy and feel like you're contributing in a meaningful way to the people that you work with and clients and I think that so many people seem to just get trapped in roles that aren't serving them anymore and I want to encourage them to you know at the very least explore these ideas uh, of what the next phase of their work life could be so thank you so much for contributing to the conversation.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I've thoroughly enjoyed being part of it. Oh,
0: it was awesome. And I can't wait to see what uh, continues to, to happen and grow for you uh, into 2020 and beyond.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, you Alison. Too.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to The Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favour and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.